Hello, everyone. This is David Opposing the Matrix, and um, I'm coming and doing a Sunday night show. And uh, I know we're going to be on tomorrow, me and uh, Brian, along with Ralph Epperson. But, <clears throat> you know, tomorrow we're going to be talking about current events. We've been talking about current events a lot, okay? And we've been talking about COVID a lot. And I know it's a very interesting subject, uh, the treason and everything else that's going on. Very interesting. We'll talk about some of that more more tomorrow. And um, But tonight I wanted to take a break from that. <clears throat> Back in... Um, 2008. Well, it started in 2005, actually. I um, I came into contact with a Mr. Joe Jordan. Um, he ran a, a, a website called CE4 Research, and um, he had many of the same beliefs that I had when it came to extraterrestrials or aliens. From now on, we'll call them aliens, okay, but you know that we're referring to extraterrestrials. And later on, you'll see that we're really referring to <clears throat> spiritual entities and um, that live in other dimensions and sometimes come into our dimension to disrupt our lives and to feed us lies and everything else. Um, that having been said, uh, 2005, I went down to Roswell and uh, and I got to watch uh, several very interesting speakers. Uh, Stam Dale was one of them. Uh, William Schnobelin uh, was another one. And uh, oh, there were there were scores of people there, um, secular and believers. OK. The secular people were tending to lean towards um, not an extraterrestrial um, intelligence visiting us, but more of a, um, a spiritual, or should we say metaphysical, for those people that feel comfortable with that, that saying. I know when you say spiritual, all of a sudden you think of God and everything. Well, that's what I think of, and that's okay with me. But some of you may not want to think of God, and I, I understand that. But maybe after you see this uh, little slideshow that I did, you might start to question who these extraterrestrials really are, and you might realize that they're on the, the wrong side, and that uh, if there is a wrong side, there's got to be a right side. And if there's a right side, what are you going to do about it? Okay? That's entirely up to you. After this, this show's over, that's that's in your ballpark, and um, I'm not going to try to coerce you or anything else. I, all I ask is that you, you listen to the, um, the presentation that we did down in Roswell. Um, i, I got to continue about that. Okay. So 2005, I got to see a really bunch of good speakers. Uh, 2006, I went back down and listened to more good speakers. Uh, 2007, I went back down. Uh, however, I, I really didn't have anything to do with Joe and uh, Guy Malone and, and their their uh, their presentation. And um, I, I kind of hung with Joe, Jim Wilhelmson that time, and uh, we had a very interesting time. We had a uh, 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 what would you call it? We met with a bunch of people in a um, in a conference room at a hotel, um, the uh, Best Western Hotel down in uh, down in Roswell. Uh, who many times um, we we stayed at there at that place. Oh, they had a good breakfast in the morning too. <laughs> um, there's nothing like being in a in a place you don't know um, and having food there. I don't know. Uh, by the way, if you ever go down um, the extraterrestrial highway and in Nevada, that's the one that goes through Rachel, Nevada. Uh, stop in the little alien. Uh, I don't think it's owned by the people we knew at the time, but oh man, the biscuits and gravy. I've never had biscuits and gravy like that. And I've been all over the States eating biscuits and gravy. And and the people that owned it at the time were sweet. They really were. And uh, the lady one time, she said, oh, nobody's giving me hugs. And we a bunch of our table went up and gave her hugs. But um it was a really neat time. It's a kind of an obscure little, I would call it a hovel. It's not even a village. It's uh, 
it's that little alien. Um, it's a breakfast place, and they have pictures of UFOs all over the wall. I mean, if you ever wanted to see pictures of UFOs, go check that place out. Um, so we, we went there, and uh, anyway, the village, the rest of it is uh, basically a mobile home park, maybe two or three houses, and that's it. Um, I always said when I was younger, before I, I got married, you know, I said, when I retire, I'm going to come down here and live. I never did it, you know, um, in Oregon presently, and, and I don't intend on leaving Oregon um, anytime soon, unless they chase me, me out. You know, they, they don't like conservatives in Western Oregon. So anyway, I'm getting off the track. So you do that all the time. <clears throat> so that was 2007. I spent it with Jim and um, his crew. I, I did a little talk there. And um, I brought a bunch of people down from Sacramento with me, and um, they were they sang at the the event, but they also went with us when we because we always set up a table when we went down there, and we would give out our literature, which is a whole different show we we can do on that because that was very interesting. Got to meet Travis Walton's cousin, um, got to meet uh, oh what's his name the little Jewish physicist Friedman, Stanton Friedman. And boy, he's about knee high to a grasshopper. I'm telling you, if he's four foot nine, he's tall. Um, I never thought that when I'd see him in the, on TV, you know, you think, oh, you know, he's probably about five foot six, five foot eight. <laughs> he's a little diminutive guy. Nice guy, but diminutive. Um, so anyway, uh, 2008, um, Joe had called me at prior to that, prior to June. And they were always in July, around July 4th, which was nice because you got away <laughs> for July 4th. But um, so... It was around July 4th. We had the, the conference on two, in 2008, and Joe had set it up differently. Uh, this time, Joe had set it up, not Guy Malone, and uh, he had it to where we were speaking at the uh, the Military Institute down in Roswell, and there was a big, big auditorium there, uh, big to me anyway, because I was not a public speaker, and I, even that, I'll tell you a story about that. But um, so we. Uh, we had that booked, and we had other speakers there. We had Farry Ozu. Um, oh, David Flynn I t- spoke at that thing. It was one of the last things that he did, and I got to know David Flynn then uh, even more than I knew him already. Uh, what, what a nice man. What a gentle, beautiful soul he was, and still is. He's in heaven now, and I can't wait to sit down and talk with him for a couple million years. Um, anyway, um so it started out, you know, we had, we were kind of almost the last speakers. I think David spoke after us. So we kind of were at the, the ninth inning with, uh, with the, uh, the other side ahead. And, uh, you know, we, we were kind of like the power hitters. I don't want to tout my horn or anything, but, you know, we went, went there for a purpose. And you'll see what the purpose was when we did a slideshow. But um, we, we managed to tick people off. And if you knew me, <laughs> that's one of my fortes. Um, so we, we did our talk and everything, you know, we had a round table discussion and, uh, which was very interesting because they went after us. Um, remember what was one of the questions? Oh yeah. Cause I, as you'll see in the uh, slideshow, I, I quoted a lot of people, including Jacques Vallée and, um, <clears throat> J. Allen Hynek and, and others. And this little, another diminutive little guy, Peter Robbins came up, you know, he was kind of the moderator and right away, I mean, right away in the, uh, in your talk, you said that these, uh, you kind of attack these, these, these entities. And I'm going, wow, these enemy, these en- enemies, well, there you go. Uh, these entities come from billions of miles in spaceships that 
according to them, in spaceships that would would dazzle us if we could go on them and travel. And you're accusing little old me of attacking mental giants that come from outer space. And I'm like, do you hear yourself? Do you hear what you're saying? Anyway, he said, uh, for every one of those quotes that you used from those some of those speakers, I could give you 20 quotes. That's the number he gave me, 20, <clears throat> uh, from that speaker who kind of refute what you had to say. And I said, okay, I understand that. Here's, a, here's my explanation. First of all, uh, people evolve as they get older, you know, <clears throat> which you believe when you're 20 is not necessarily what you believe when you're 50 or 60 or 70 or whatever. I said, could it be possible that the quotes that I got were from these people after they kind of were mixed up in all this? And they, 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 you know, they kind of got wise. And then I said, and here's another thing. I said, we've had to listen to the rubbish from these entities for the last 50 years. Back then it was probably 50, 52, 53 years. And um, now it's like 72 or 73. And I said, okay. So we had to listen to the, you know, that they were from other planets and everything else. And I, and for 50 years, I said, but nobody on your side has ever given an opposing opinion about it. I said, today, you guys got the opposing opinion. I said, today, people can start to see that there's two sides to this coin and they can choose which side they want. <clears throat> and he looked at me kind of like, 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 and then he goes, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> that, I will tell you what, I felt God speaking through me. I, there's been very few times that I felt that, you know, like Moses moment before Pharaoh, you know, and, uh, but that was awesome. Uh, the, the, the result of that <clears throat> conference was that later on, uh, after we'd gone and the, the speakers from the secular side stayed around and they actually had a meeting with the city council of Roswell and said that if we ever spoke there again, that they would not come. Now, if you knew what this, this little um, holiday means down there, because it's that supposedly the, the holiday of when the thing crashed in 1947. Um, and, and Roswell doubles in size, okay? They got your regular population and all the visitors, okay? Uh, doubles in size and brings a lot of money to Roswell. And I think that money kind of carries them through to the next 4th of July, okay? So when they heard that they wouldn't come back, and these are big people. I mean, we're talking about Richard Dolan. Um, oh, what's the guy that... I think uh, oh, the exopolitics guy, I can't remember his name, kind of older. Uh, there were just a bunch of people there that you would know. Ferry Yoda's who was there. Um, yeah, Richard Dolan, Richard Dolan's wife, his first wife, his first adventure. Um, and a whole bunch of people that you would know if you heard them from, from TV and stuff like that. So I got to meet a lot of neat people, actually, but I wasn't impressed with a lot of people I met. <laughs> Uh, one of them, and I don't think I'm going to divulge his name, basically was out in the foyer and heard to say from a very reliable source, they're in my head and they won't leave me alone. <clears throat> now, that's one of two things. Either there's aliens in his head or he's demon possessed, or maybe they're the same thing. Okay. Um, actually, that's three things. So forgive me. Okay. So anyway, we, we went home from Roswell. All of us went our separate ways. Joe went back to Florida. I went to California. Jim, I think, no, he was still living in Roswell at the time, so he stayed there. And uh, and we, we went of our lives and then continued our, this ministry, and Jim continued his, and, and Joe continued his. Well, in 2010, I, I used the material that 
that I composed. Now, the slideshow, I composed it, okay? I spent many nights staying up late getting all these facts and everything. And uh, so I feel I owe the copyright to it, okay? They weren't other people's ideas. Some of the ideas that are on there are shared amongst a lot of uh, Christian ufologists. Um, but, you know, I did the writing and everything. And then it caused me to write a book in 2010, um, Unholy Communion, the Alien Abduction Phenomena, how it, where it starts or where it comes from and how it ends. And you can find it on the delusionresistance.org. It's delusionresistance.org, all one word and .org. And there's a free copy of it. I kind of rewrote it, wrote it, rewrote it. <laughs> I've been hanging around Okies too long. Um, and that, there's nothing wrong with that, okay? People from Oklahoma are great. Um, but their their speech patterns are a little different than mine. And anyway, whew, got myself out of that one. Um, so anyway, um, I wrote the book, and it got published. And there was some scuttlebutt about it, you know, uh, another per well. Mr. Jordan decided that it was his book. And so there was a little bit of a ruckus about it, but you know, things worked out. And, uh, so anyway, it didn't, it never really sold that well. Um, matter of fact, it was published by Tom Horn's company. And I can't remember that company right now. It's been 10 years, at least 12, 11 years. And, uh, so it didn't sell well. So I bought all that I could afford to buy and I still got some sitting in my closet, but, um, it went out of print and everything else. And that's why if you go to <laughs> if you go to Amazon and try to get it, if you get a try to get a hard copy of the a new hard copy of the book, it's like two hundred and eighty dollars. It's like I thought about selling mine for that much, but I can't do that. I have a conscience. Um, anyway, so that's kind of a little history about what spurred on this um, this uh, slideshow that I'm going to show you and read to you, and. Uh, was spurred it on and, and some of the things that happened afterwards. Um, the devil did not like us putting this together, of course. Matter of fact, when I came home, I went out my back patio. My back, well, I lived on a balcony, I guess it was. It was not a patio, but a balcony. And I went out there and I looked to my left and I saw a UFO flying, just like a box on its one of its tips, just going around and around and around. And when I went in to get the camera and take a picture, bam, it was gone. But it wasn't that far away. It was probably about maybe a block two blocks at the most. Um, I lived on an upper floor, so it was kind of easy to see that far. So, you know, that was manifest and that uh, other things, weird things happened around the house. They were manifest too, but uh, they were all rebuked in the name of Yeshua or Jesus and uh, haven't been back since. And I don't expect them to come back. So I'm thankful for that. So anyway, I'm going to start this thing. Okay. And then, um, and then I, I don't know how long it'll take. Um, it'll take as long as it takes, I guess. So let me start this. Okay, there it is. I'm going to see if I can make it bigger. If I can't, I apologize. Uh, all I can do is what I can do, you know. But you'll be able to see some of the pictures and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, there's really nothing I could do to make it any bigger. So apologies, folks. Anyway. In 2008, Joe Jordan asked Dave, David Rufino, or Dave Rufino, to speak alongside him in Roswell. David compiled a slide presentation to show that to show during the talk. The following is a PDF of that slideshow. Our talk caused quite a stir, and it's still being talked about over two years later. You see how old the slide is? Um, I don't think it's still being talked about. Maybe I don't know. It's been um, 21 years. 
So I should have said that before I read it. Anyway, uh, this slide shows is only a small amount of the information that David, David compiled and included in his book on Holy Communion, the alien abduction phenomena, where it originates and how it stops. It's my hope that you enjoy this slideshow and, and its narrator and that you enjoy the book even more. It is vitally important that you are informed as to the origins and mission of these supposed aliens because the truth that I present or we presented in Roswell in 2008 can save your life and help you to not compromise when the strong delusion ramps up into full gear. Be blessed as you read or as you listen, I guess, in this case. <clears throat> and this was the logo right here that we used. Joe made that up. The unwanted um, unholy communion, the unwanted piece of the puzzle, the research that even the UFO community doesn't want you to see or hear, as the case may be. And uh, the slideshow is copyrighted by me 2008, all rights reserved. So the alien abduction, there's three options when it comes to alien abduction that I can see. Number one, there are extraterrestrials and they are behind the abductions. Number two, there are extraterrestrials and they are not doing the abductions. And number three, there are no extraterrestrials and abductions are being done by something else or someone else. And um, that was by uh, Michael S. Heiser. He's a PhD, excellent man, very, very intelligent, um, is a scholar in, in um, ancient Semitic languages. So if you wanted something... Uh, interpreted in the Bible or in uh, uh, Aramaic or even the older languages, um, easy guy to go to. And uh, let's see, with Guy Malone on a live from Roswell radio show, 24th of May, 2028. Okay. The second most important trial in history of mankind, as far as I'm concerned, the first one, of course, was uh, when Yeshua was before the uh, the Sanhedrin. And who was pronounced pronounced guilty and, and later sacrificed because that led to our our redemption, um, the blood of the lamb. Okay, so this is basically a subtitle would be the people versus the aliens, aka extraterrestrials, aka fallen angels, aka demons. <laughs> so it's and there are two different there are two different things. Fallen angels are um, beings that possess bodies actually um and you, you can see that in the, in the um the old and the new testament um several times where you know, heck one of them wrestled with jacob right some people say that that was yeshua and well if it was it was but uh, angels were always uh, the ones that visited abraham one of them i do believe was yeshua and the other two were just angels and um and they had bodily form they ate bread they sat and talked with abraham and Anything else? Okay, uh, so the perpetrators, there's basically four types. There are some subtypes of these. That, the grays, there are all different kinds of grays, uh, ranging from about uh, four foot tall all the way down to uh, three and a half or three foot tall. Um, they have, uh, well, this is what their face looks like, big black eyes, um, very little bit of a nose, no mouth. Well, they have a mouth, but they don't use it for communication, supposedly. Which is interesting because that's the way you, you would expect beings that wanted to deceive people to talk is through telepathy. Okay, then you have the the, the, rep, the reptilians. They're supposed to be in charge of these guys here. Um, they're they're uh, reptoid in nature. It's supposed to be very strong and very aggressive. 
Okay. If you read anything about the Dulcie base and stuff, you, these are the guys that are down under the Dulcie base. Very few of these guys, uh, the greys. I got to remember, this is going to be a radio show too. Um, the insectoids, now they're supposed to be, according to David Jacobs, they're supposed to be the guys that are in charge of these other two. Um, I don't know about that. I don't see an, an insect being in charge of a reptile. Okay. Uh, but, you know, stranger things have happened. And then there's the Nordics. They're the ones that look like people, um, usually with blonde hair and blue eyes, very tall, very muscular. And, um, and Barney, um, Barney Hill, um, basically when he was on that spaceship said, my God, they're speaking, they're speak, they're Nazis, they're speaking German. Um, so there's, there's a, there's a belief that, that these, uh, beings here are maybe German, um, super beings that, uh, basically mated with a, a race, uh, maybe a race of aliens, but maybe with uh, fallen angels. And, uh, that's how they came about. Okay, the defense has had its witnesses on a stand for over 50 years. We're going to put over 70 years on that one. Um, <clears throat> the witnesses for the defense, the, um, the, the witnesses for the defense, the entities themselves are witnesses, but they're in absentia. They've never shown up in court. It's funny how they never come around when they're, you know, when people want to want to prove who they are or what they are, or whatever, you know, they always act in, uh, in a clandestine sort of manner, um, through usually through other or human beings that are are channeled to channel their messages or their uh, or they get the messages while they're on the supposed UFOs. Okay, number two, the abductees bringing the message from the entities who refuse to come to court. Okay, and that's always hearsay evidence. Okay, think about that in court. If you come in and say, "Hey, Johnny told me this," the judge is going to throw it right out, and that's what we should do too. Um, if they want to make their case, let them come in person. They've yet to do it. And this has been 20 years now. Um, or it's been 20. Well, yeah. I don't know. 12 or 13, I guess, since, uh, since the talk, but it's been many years since these guys have been showing up and, uh, and deceiving mankind. And number three channelers, they bring messages. They, they receive from the entities who refuse to come to court. So, okay. So you have the entities that never come to court using two different types of human beings, ones that they can talk with supposedly uh, in person and other ones that they send messages to like fortune tellers. Channelers used to be called fortune tellers. Okay. I can't help it. Okay. The absent defendants have committed perjury in one case in point, they've lied about their address. Okay. In the early 1950s and 1960s, their message was that they came from planets within our solar system from the 1970s on Human spacecraft were able to visit the planets in our solar system, Venus, Mars, you know, and others. Um, they find no life there, and that life could not exist there. Um, Mars is kind of a gray area where that's concerned. Um, I still don't think there's any life on Mars, and if there is, it didn't come from Mars. Uh, conditions, uh, they didn't find any life or conditions on other planets found, it's found to be hostile to life. From the 1970s on, their story changes. Ooh. I hope they put an address change in the post office. Uh, claims their origins are from Orion, the Pleiades, Sirius, and so on. Okay. And it's interesting that um, the Sirius is, has a lot to do with Draco, and Draco means dragon. And what do we read about in the book of Revelation? And the dragon gave power to the beast. Yeah. Okay. Now, their predictions are always unreliable. Now, this is a book called... Um, 
Project World Evacuation. It was put out by the Ashtar Command in 1993, published by Interlight Publishing. And this is the back cover. Okay, and it's explaining here about how people could disappear in 15 minutes. And look up here. It says predicted to occur by the year 20 uh, by the year 2000. Um, let's see, what is it? 2021 now, and it hasn't happened. So uh, maybe they, they needed a star map. The aliens did, and they, they got lost. That could be. Um, now look at the Earth. I, I found this interesting. If you look at this Earth here. Uh, no, it's on the front cover. I'm sorry. The front cover has the Earth. Um, I wish I would have put it on here. It has the uh, Earth to where it looks to where like Australia is over here, North and South America over here, but they're transversed. All these are transverse. And it would be like you were looking at the continents if you were inside the Earth. And the funny thing is that, okay, this thing is beaming up people on the front cover. You can see people going up in the beam. Interesting that it's a blue beam because that's what people always see. Um, but if they're here and they're, they're pulling people into an obverse of what the earth really looks like, it means they're pulling them down and pulling them into hell. Okay. That's a pretty interesting. Uh, I got the book somewhere, but I don't know where to put it. I, if I get up to get it, it just upsets things here. Okay. They've made many claims which lack substance. Claims such as they are our benefactors. They're here to help us. Well, step up to the plate, guys. And people have been saying that for 70 years. Step up to the plate. Uh, not yet. Uh, interesting when you read scripture, it says, He that withholdeth, and this is talking about the revelation of the Antichrist, but maybe there's maybe the Antichrist. Uh, my my belief is the Antichrist is a uh, an alien human hybrid, and we will never know about that, or most people won't know about that because uh, they, nowadays, according to David Jacobs, they look so much like us. This guy is is going to be uh, possessed by Satan anyway. But um, anyway, there are benefactors. They are the ones who created us by using our we're manipulating DNA. Okay. And we're seeing now that mankind can manipulate DNA. Gee, I wonder where that technology came from. Maybe it came from the fallen angels. Oh, excuse me, aliens. Um, the third claim, Jesus, Moses, Buddha, Muhammad, and other religious leaders were really them. Oh, yes. Um, if you get into New Age, you know, they'll they'll tell you that, too. And they'll tell you that Jesus actually travels around the universe in a, in a UFO and and visits planets regularly. Well, I don't want to serve that Jesus. I want the one that can pop into rooms <laughs> and um, and the one who sees everything and the one who knows everything. This this is an imposter, this one here. Okay, next point. They will guide us into our next evolutionary leap. Uh, New Age likes to call this a, um, well, there's different things. Uh, uh, the guy that started, oh, I can't remember his name. They used to call him the Beast. Um, back in the early 1900s, he um, he claimed that um, that there would be a Luciferic initiation. Okay, the New Age says that uh, we're on a wrong vibratory vibratory level, and that we need our vibratory level changed so that we can advance. Uh, we can basically evolve into a higher. And I think what they call it the um, um, Homo noectus, and then there's another one, too. Um, so, anyway, there's there's a whole bunch of scuttlebutt about that. And you can check that up if you check it out if you want to. That's interesting reading. Uh, it all is, but that's real interesting. And so is the DNA thing. 
because you read about that in scripture and uh maybe we'll do a um, i did a bunch of radio not radio but i did a bunch of um uh, writing on that um about what the earth was like before the flood and what happened back then and uh, dna manipulation was one of the things okay the earth is actually a living organism well every new ager believes that gee i wonder where they got that idea from maybe it came from aliens or fallen angels the case may be they teach that the earth will be destroyed if they cannot change mankind yep you either change remember what is it um the day the earth stood still that was the uh the end part of that uh you know you guys are really messed up and you uh unless you change and join us uh this earth will be reduced to a cinder and uh, anyway uh let's see they teach that earth okay that's i did that one they teach that they're they are more advanced both technologically and spiritually okay well spiritually i I do kind of believe angels are a little more powerful than humans are right now. Anyway, someday we'll judge angels. Um, but if you read the accounts in Genesis six and also in, um, what is it? Enoch, the book of first Enoch, the sixth chapter, it talks about, um, the technological advances, especially in Enoch talks about that. Um, they teach that they are corporeal beings, meaning, meaning uh, living with, uh, they breathe and um, they have blood flowing through them, kind of like you and I and every animal that's alive on Earth. Um, they're corporeal beings and they reside in other star systems. Corporeal can also mean intelligent, but for the most part, it means just animals that are alive. Uh, living humans, like you could take your arm and pinch it, you know, see? Ow. Okay. Um, the defense has had to witness stand for over 50 plus years. Let's change that to 70 plus years. Now it's time for the prosecution to present its witnesses. Okay. This guy is a hero in my book. Now, before I read this, <clears throat> um, let me, let's look at, let's look at just regular doctors. Those, there's two different kinds of doctors these days. There's the doctors that believe that the COVID-19, um, that it's, well, the vaccine, let's say, that the vaccine is dangerous, that'll kill you, and that's the kind of camp I, I stay in by. But then there's other doctors that say, no, it won't. And they, the doctors that say, no, it won't kill you, that's a good thing to take, usually don't like the doctors or even try to blackball the doctors that say that there is something wrong with the vaccine. Jacques Vallée has gone through a lot of that. He was uh, He's a scientist, and uh, when he started saying that these, these entities are, um, uh, what, they're, they're more akin to uh, demons. All of a sudden, he start, he got castigated for that, and um, and a lot of people turned against him. So that's the price of telling the truth. And if you're comfortable with telling the truth, that shouldn't bother you. Okay, where are his credentials? Bachelor of Science degree in uh, mathematics from the Sorbonne. Uh, Master of Science in Astrophysics from the University of Lille. I believe I said that right. A uh, PhD in computer science from Northwestern University, National Advisory Council uh, Committee, excuse me, of the University of Michigan College of Engineering, was involved in early work on artificial intelligence. Dr. Vallee carefully studied the problem of UFOs for many years with J. Allen Hynek. They were friends. He's written nine books and many papers about his research into the UFO phenomena, and they're fantastic books. That kind of book when you pick it up you don't want to put it down till you're done with it and then you're sad when you're done with it when you get when you get done with it okay 
And he says, is one of his quotes, we are dealing with yet a yet unrecognized level of consciousness, independent of man, but closely linked to the earth. I do, be- I do not believe anymore that UFOs are simply spacecraft of some race of extraterrestrial visitors. This notion is too simplistic to explain their appearance, the frequency of their manifestations throughout recorded history, and the structure of the information exchange with them during contact, that's Savalet, in Confrontations, Book Confrontations, A Scientist's Search for Alien Contact, page 89. Don't you love citation? Now you can go right to that book and look that up if you want to. Another quote, the medical examination to which most of uh, mo- to which abductees are said to be subjected, often accompanied by sadistic sexual manipulation, is reminiscent of the medieval tales of encounters with demons. It makes no sense in a sophisticated or technical or biological framework. Any intelligent being equipped with the scientific marvels that UFOs possess would be in a position to achieve any of these alleged scientific objectives in shorter time with fewer risks. Uh, Valet in his book, Confrontations, A Scientist's Search for Alien Contact, page 13. Doesn't that make sense? You know, if they wanted to know human, the human genome, all they have to do is what? Uh, go to different parts of the earth and maybe take five or six people from the U.S. You know, you want to look at Hispanics, you know, you can go to Spain and then go to Mexico and then go to South America. Take two or three people from each of there. Um, go to Asia, you take a few from, you know, just a few from, um, Japan, a few from China, Southeast Asia, uh, India, and then you'd go down to Australia to the Aborigines. You really wouldn't have much to do with the, the Europeans down there because they're Europeans, but you would go to Europe to, um, to get, uh, genetic specimens from there. And then once you had all that, you can kind of figure out all of hu- humankind. I mean, if you have the technology that these things are supposed to have, uh, instead, Thousands, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people have been abducted. And it always involves sexual stuff, too. It's uh, uh, putting sperm together with ovum and then putting it in a woman's body till it gets to a certain development and taking it out. Um, it's just bizarre. Another quote, impressive parallels can be made between UFO occupants and the popular conception of demons. See where this guy's going? This is a scientist that shouldn't be using the word demons. Okay. But he's made the connection, and God bless him for that. That's, uh, again, Valet for Messengers of Deception, page 15. Um, and this is somebody put this in, or UFOs can project images of fabricated scenes de- designed to change our belief system. If you've read anything about abduction, you'll see that, first of all, they can't remember they were abducted. Then they start to remember a little bit. But a lot of t- times screen images are put, put in their minds, things that, you know, shouldn't be there, but kind of take their attention away from what really had, what really happened, excuse me. Um, and that's from Messenger's Deception, page 19. <clears throat> Another quote, human belief is being controlled and conditioned. Man's concept, concepts are being rearranged, and we may be heading for a massive change of human attitude towards paranormal abilities and extraterrestrial life. And that's from his book, The Invisible College, page uh, pages 3, 201, and 204. This guy's a lot of quotes. <laughs> Three more. Uh, first one is uh, the symbolic display seen in the abductees is identical to the type of initiation ritual or astral voyage that is embedded in the occult tradition of every culture. That's Valet from Confrontations, page 146. The next one, the structure of the abduction stories is identical to, the, to that of occult initiation rituals. 
Villay uh, again, Confrontations, page 160. And last but not least, the UFO beings of today belong to the same class of manifestation as the occult entities that were described in, pa- in centuries past. His book, Confrontations, pages 160 and 161. The next person that changed his mind about UFOs is um, J- Joseph Allen Hynek, or J. Allen Hynek, as we know him. If you know anything about Project Blue Book, he was the uh, one of the key, char- key um, characters, yeah, or, um, key uh, investigator, I should say, um, in Project Blue Book. And uh, if you've watched Project Blue Book, um, while it's very fanciful and a lot of things are... Uh, are built up that didn't happen. <clears throat> Alan Hynek was the main character in that. Um, excellent series, by the way. My wife and I sat there spellbound for <laughs> every time we watched it. Um, and it built up to a crescendo. It was really neat. I, I like the way they did it. Anyway, his credentials, he's got a Bachelor of Science from the University of Chicago, or had. He's dead now. He's got a, had a PhD in astrophysics at Yerkes Observatory. Uh he worked for the Department of Physics and Astronomy at Ohio State University. Worked with or worked at, either one, I don't know. Uh, next one, he specialized in the study of stellar evolution and the identification of spectroscopic binaries. Next point, um, scientific. he was a scientific consultant, Project Sign, Project Grudge, and Project Blue Books. He was involved in all three of them. 1978, he delivered a talk on UFOs to the UN General Assembly. And uh, he founded CUFOs, the Center for UFO Studies, which is still in effect, by the way. He visited this site not too long ago. All right. If, and he said, if UFOs are indeed someone else's nuts and bolts hardware, then we must still explain how such tangible hardware can, get, can change shape before our eyes, vanish in a Cheshire cat manner, seemingly melt away in front of us, or apparently materialize. Uh, mysteriously before us without apparent detection by persons nearby or in neighboring towns. We must wonder too, when you, where UFOs, we must wonder too where UFOs are hiding when they are not manifesting themselves to human eyes. And let's see, that was, uh, let's see, Jan Allen Hynek and Jacques Belay, The Edge of Reality, Henry Regini um, Company, pages uh, 12 um, to 13. They threw they, they started throwing me off with Roman numerals, but I'm pretty good at those. Okay, another uh, quote of his. Another peculiarity is that um, alleged ability of certain UFOs to dematerialize. There are quite a few reported instances where the where two distinct different UFOs hovering in a clear sky will converge and eventually merge into one object. These are the types of psychic phenomena that are confronting us in the UFO mystery. Uh, J. Allen Hynek interview, UFO Report Magazine, uh, August 1976, page 61. Another quote, we should consider the various factors that strongly suggest a linkage or at least a parallelism with the occurrences of a paranormal nature. J. Allen Hynek interview, UFO Report Magazine, August 1976, page 61. Same one, okay. Another quote, many UFO reports, he said, seem to pertain more to accounts of poltergeists than other types of psychic manifestations, oh, and other types of psychic manifestations, uh, than to <clears throat> excuse me, than to actual solid items of nuts and bolts hardware. There is one of this is one of the reasons added Dr. Hynek why I cannot accept the obvious explanation, the obvious explanation of UFOs as visitors from outer space. 
Jay Helen Einick uh, interview, The Unexplained Column by Alan Spraggett on November 8, 1975. Now, we had another guy, Raymond Fowler. He was big into UFOs. Um, his credentials, he has a Bachelor's of Art degree, magna cum laude, um, from uh, Gordon College of uh, Liberal Arts. He did a tour of duty in the United States Air Force Security Service. Uh, and those guys don't fool around. <laughs> okay. Uh, 25 years with GT&E government systems as a senior planner for the Minuteman Intercontinental Missile Program. Uh, J. Allen Eidick said uh, Ray Fowler is an outstanding UFO investigator, uh, director of investigations for the International Mutual UFO Network, MUFON. Ray has had nine books on UFOs published in the USA between 1974 and 1997. And he said, I have watched UFOs in dismay as a number of respected UFO researchers move from physical to parapsychological interpretation of the bizarre UFO phenomena. Now, t- now I too am being forced to re-examine the UFO phenomena in light of its apparent paraphysical nature. Ooh. And it's from Raymond E. Fowler, The Watchers, The Secret Design Behind UFO Abduction, uh, the publisher in New York, uh, Bantam. 1991, page, page um, 15 and 183. Now, some of them I didn't have pictures of the people. I guess, yeah, I had him. Okay. Um, Ira McKay, I looked all over for him, and I couldn't find a decent picture of work on here. Um, he was British. Um, his credentials, former chairman of the respected British UFO Research Association, Bufara. He said... Further, if one sets the three occult groups against the three classifications of UFO entities and their characteristics, it is rather surprising how complementary to each other they are or they appear to be, not only through their appearance, activities, and level of behavior, but also in the quality of mental and especially emotional reaction and response that has been noted to have occurred on contact. That's Ivor McKay, UFO Entities, Occult and Physical, and Flying Saucer Review, Volume 16, numbers 4 and 5. And Lynn Cato, she's an American. I say was because I think a lot of these people are are probably gone. It's been many years. Okay, her credentials. Lynn Cato served as the senior bibliographer of a publication on UFOs researched by the Library of Congress for the U.S. Air Force Office of Scientific Research. She conducted a two-year investigation in which... She uh, surveyed thousands of documents. Okay, folks, just one second. I got to put this on the channel because if I'm doing this and it's not recording, it's all for naught. Okay, there we are. It's recording. All right. Now, she said a large part of the available UFO literature is closely linked with mysticism and with the metaphysical or spiritual, if you want to use that term. Uh, it deals with subjects like mental telepathy. Automatic writing and invisible entities, as well as phenomena like poltergeist, ghosts, uh, manifestations, and possession. Many of the UFO reports are now being published in the popular press recount alleged incidents that are strikingly similar to demonic possession and psychic phenomena. And I respect her. Uh, Lynn Cato, UFOs and Related Subjects, an annotated bibliography, 1969 U.S. Government Printing Office. Prepared under Air Force Office of Scientific Research, Project Order 67-0002 and 68-0003. Okay. 
uh, Frenchman, uh, testimony of the for the prosecution, Dr. Pierre Guerin. Guerin, excuse me. Credentials, Dr. Pierre Guerin, a French astronomer, senior researcher at the French National Council for Scientific Research, it's uh, acronym CNRS, has written extensively about the need for scientific research in the UFO field. Interesting. He said UFO behavior is more akin to magic than psychic than physics as we know it. The modern UFO knot and the demons of past days are probably identical. What is quite certain is that the phenomena is active here on our planet and active here as a master. And that's Pierre Guerin, uh, 30 years after Kenneth Arnold in Flying Saucer Review, Volume 25, Numbers 1, pages 13 through 14. John Keel, good old John Keel. Prosecution for testimony for the prosecution, John A. Keel. You know, folks, I'm looking at this on a on a smaller screen um, as it's being done live, and I can't see why you can't read that. Um, if, for those people that complain about it, for the people that just, you know, let me read it and stuff like that, there's no problem. But that's plenty big, um, and it's not the whole screen either, and I can still read the whole thing. Anyway, if uh, like I tell the people that complain, I mean, one person's complain. I said, get a new monitor, <laughs> um, something bigger than a. 19 inch, you know, um, and if you can't afford it, well, then I'm reading everything that's on here. Okay, John A. Keel credentials John A. Keel is probably the world's foremost researcher into the paranormal, has traveled extensively to over 40 countries investigating the unknown for almost 50 years. You think he's an expert? I think so. Okay, the first, um, the first, um, uh, reference that well, let's read it. John Keel observes, after studying literature on demonology, that the manifestations and occurrences described is the most is this imposing literature in this imposing literature are similar, if not entirely identical, to the UFO phenomenon itself. John Keel, UFOs, Operation Trojan Horse, New York, Putnam, 1970, page 215, and the UFO manifestations seem to be, by and large, merely minor variations of the age-old demonological phenomena. John Keel, UFOs, Operation Trojan Horse, um, New York, Putnam, 1970, page 299. And another one, um, the UFO knots are liars, not the contactees. And they are lying deliberately as part of the bewildering smokescreen, which they have established to cover their real origin, purpose, and motivation. Again, John Keel, UF Operation Trojan Horse, um, New York, Putnam, 1970. No page number. Hmm. Testimony for the prosecution, Brad Steiger. Credentials, Brad Steiger is an American writer and paranormal researcher. He has authorized 100, he has authored 162 Four on the UFO Phenomena books with over 117 million copies in print. I think he knows what he's talking about. All these guys do. And ladies, I cannot help questioning whether the Space Brothers might not be angels, spirit guides, or other messengers hiding themselves in a more contemporary and thereby more acceptable persona. Bingo! This guy hit it right on the head. Uh, Brad got Brad Steiger, Revelation, The Divine Fire, a Berkeley book, page 948. Testimony for the prosecution, Ronald D. Story. Credentials, Ronald Story is an internationally published science writer, 
Zori graduated with honors from the University of Arizona in 1970, where he studied philosophy, anthropology, astronomy, logic, and the scientific method. In 1976, Story founded the original UFO Encyclopedia Project, which resulted in the classic Encyclopedia of UFOs published by Doubleday and New English Library in 1980. He also wrote the Encyclopedia of Extraterrestrial Encounters. Boy, I'd like to get my hands on those books. Um, I bet you they're, if you could find them, they're probably hundreds of dollars. Um, and he said, I have come to see through my condition, my excuse me, my continued study from the 1960s on that all the world's religions have similar descriptions of astral vehicles and supernatural beings and their interactions with humankind. I believe the UFOs to be the powers and principalities as stated in the New Testament. And I think we're going to read that later. Uh, Ronald D. Story, editor of the Mammoth Encyclopedia of Extraterrestrial Encounters, in an article by Sherry Steiger, uh, London, Constable and Robinson, 2002, page 676. Testimony for the, um, let's see, yeah, there's only two or three more, I think. Testimony for the prosecution, David Stubble and William McNee. David Stubble, did I miss one? No. Testimony for the prosecution, David Stupple and William McKee, McNeese. Um, David Stupple was an associate professor of sociology at Eastern Michigan University, interested in all forms of popular culture. He specialized in the study of flying saucer groups and traditions. His report on science-related issues have appeared in astronomy, omni, uh, astronautics, and aeronautics, and other U.S. publications. So William McKee, uh, uh, it's going to go into the William McNeese, his biography, basically. He's got an MA in adjunct, in adjunct lecturer. Oh, is, isn't an adjunct lecturer. <laughs> Let me try this again. Oh, is a adjunct lecturer in the Department of Behavioral Sciences at the University of Michigan in Dearborn, Michigan in Dearborn uh, where he teaches soci sociality. He has written um, and lectured on contemporary religion move, religious movements in the United States. And he says, studies of flying saucer cults repeatedly show that they are part of a larger occult social world. Uh, David Stupple and William McNeese contact these cults and cultures. In 1979, MUFON UFO Symposium Proceedings, page 49. Then we have um, testimony for the prosecution, Farah Yurdozo. Yurdozu, I guess. Um, Farah Yurdozu is Turkey's first female UFO researcher, author in several best-selling books of se several best-selling books in her native land, and many magazine articles. Through her work, though her work reflects a passion for all the aspects of the paranormal, her main area of study is abductions and close encounters. Farah continues in uh, her work as a UFO researcher writer and lecturer and appears in major ufo conferences all over the united states from roswell to california uh, nevada to new york city she says coming from an islamic country i'm turkish the biggest part of my investigation investigations is alien abduction today in the and in the past in our culture religiously and traditionally specific beings that we call jinns interdimensional beings have very important place they have been abducting people for thousands of years, but they exist before the Islamic religion. Yes, they exist in the Quran and the Islamic 
they exist in Quran and Islamic tradition. Religiously, they accept the existence, the reality of jinns, because jinns are created by the same God who created us and the universe. My personal opinion is what they use to call evil or demonic being is the interdimensional or extraterrestrial being of today. And that's her uh, Turkish UFO and alien abduction researcher voice during a panel discussion in 2007 Roswell New Mexico UFO conference. Okay, and I think this guy's last. Testimony for the prosecution, Whitney Streiber, or Streiber. And you're going, really? And I'm like, well, it's what he said. It's not necessarily his, his belief. He's perha- he is perhaps best known for his third phase of his career, which began with, with communion, an autobiographical account of his experiences with strange visitors who came to his cabin in a New York countryside. He said in one of his quotes, and talking about the experience, Increasingly, I felt as if I were entering a struggle that might even be more than life or death. It might be a struggle for my soul, my essence, or whatever part of me that might have reference to the eternal. There are things worse than death, I suspected. So far, the the word demon had never been spoken among the scientists and doctors who were working with me. Alone at night, I worried about the legendary cunnings of demons. At very least, I was going stark raving mad, and that's what they do to you. Whitney Streamer and his book, Transformation, page 96. Another quote, I felt an absolutely indescribable sense of menace. It was hell on earth to be there in the presence of these entities. And yet I couldn't move, couldn't cry out, couldn't get away. I lay as still as death, suffering inner agonies. Whenever there, excuse me, whatever was there, Whatever was there, excuse me, seemed so monstrously ugly, so filthy and dark and sinister. Of course they were demons. They had to be. And they were here, and I thought I couldn't get away. And that's his, in his book, Transformation, page 181. <clears throat> now, Joe still belongs to MUFON, I do believe, still works with them. I used to. Um, I kind of got out of it because their publication that they sent out every month was getting more and more um, into the metaphysical and uh and less away from the science of, of ufos and i understand that you know that's the whole thing is that they're metaphysical or spiritual but they claim to be a scientific organization trying to explain it and i tried to tell them several times in letters to um jim i can't remember his last name um who was the president of mufon at the time that you know they were slipping into um unscientific things and he denied it, flat out denied it. And, you know, we went back and forth several times. And finally I said, I can't be a part of this. I got to get out of this. And I resigned. Um, and he was real quick to accept my resignation, too. Why is it that people are quick to accept my resignation? Um, I don't know. So that was that's just, that was the symbol for MUFON. I don't know if it still is. And this was Joe's symbol for um, CE4 research, especially the, the talk that we had. It's got an alien and a woman and... Looks like she's trying to get away and looking for a way of escape. That's what I take of it. Okay, proper research demands that we look at scripture in in relation to our research findings. Now let's examine the evidence. Okay, evidence for the prosecution, the testimony of the creator. Now, what credentials does the creator have? He he, authors inspired by the creator himself. In other words, the Bible was. Uh, 2 Timothy 3.16 says that. His word is alive and powerful, and Hebrews 4.12 says that. His word has withstood the test of time. Isaiah 40, verse 8 says that. 
his precepts and application in every culture and every era. Um, huh. Okay. His writings uh, corroborate what we've been examined so far, as we shall see. Now, is there a conflict that exists between a creator and some of his created beings? Well, yeah. Let's look at uh, what his authors, those who knew him intimately, had to say. Okay, we're going to get into a little bit of word study here, as you can see. Yeah, there it goes. Okay. Um, I'd like to do word studies um, because when you read the Greek and the Hebrew, you find out what the exact meaning is. Sometimes it's real close, and other times it's right on. But when you look at the, uh, the original languages, it's it's amazing. Uh, there's a scripture. Um, oh, yeah, it's in Ephesians 6, 12. Okay, in the King James Version. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against the power, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's Ephesians 6, 12, King James Version. Now, if you look at the word principalities, um, in the Greek, it's archa, okay, or arche, and I, I think it's where we get archaic, okay? Uh, the first It means the first place, principality, rule, magistracy of angels and demons, okay? So that describes principalities. It's basically fallen angels and demons, okay? What Paul was talking about, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against fallen angels and demons, Okay, powers is the word excusia, or exousia, excuse me, exousia, uh, the leading and more powerful among the created beings, superior to man, spiritual potentates. Okay, so we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against fallen angels and demons, spiritual, against spiritual potentates. Okay, rulers of darkness is uh, cosmocrator, cosmocrator, Skodos, um, the Lord of this world, the prince of this age, the devil and his demons who rule over persons in whom the darkness becomes visible and holds sway. Okay, I'm not going to read it again. You can put it in there. Um, let's see. Again, spiritual wickedness in high places. Okay, let's see. Uh, Numatikos pone. Ria epora neos. Okay. Thank God I transliterated it. Uh, belonging to a spirit or being higher than man, but inferior to God. Evil purposes and desires of the of the stars of the cloud and the clouds. No, so of the stars of the clouds. Excuse me. So a lot of times stars refer to angels. In case you didn't know that. Okay, there's another scripture whereupon. In times past, he walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, as Ephesians 2.2. 2, 2. The prince in that word is Arachon. Uh, it means a, a ruler, commander, chief leader. Power is Ecclesia, the power of authority, influence, and the right to privilege, and of right, privilege. Okay. Air means... Um, is basically uh, R. It means um, the air, particularly the lower and denser air, as distinguished from the higher and rarer air, the atmospheric region. So we see that they, they 
he's the prince of the power of the air. Basically, all the demons and fallen angels that are hovering around the earth and the air. Where do UFOs kind of originate? Out of nowhere in the air, right? Okay, spirit is the um, word uh, pneuma. That's where we get the word for for lungs, pneumatic, uh, air tools, pneumatic. Um, and so it's an interesting word, a spirit higher than man but lower than God, that is, an angel. So the prince of power of darkness, a prince of power of the air, the spirit that works in the children of disobedience, is uh, basically the devil, okay, or Satan. Now, it's all about lies and deceptions. And uh, one of the biggest liars and deceivers is Adolf Hitler, and he had a couple of interesting quotes that kind of shows how evil works. And uh, one of his quotes is, by the skillful and sustained use of propaganda, one can make a people see, I'm thinking of COVID here, even heaven as hell or an extremely wretched life as paradise. Skillful and sustained use of propaganda. That's what we're seeing with this COVID thing all the time and what we've seen in the UFO realm for many years. And he also said, make the lie big, keep it simple, keep saying it, and eventually they will believe her. Believe it. Again, Adolf Hitler. I don't like quoting that schmuck, but, you know, he's like the king of deception. So uh, I don't mind quoting him for that reason. Okay, another scripture. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Huh. Well, I guess if you don't have God to listen to, you want somebody, and then you listen to garbage. Now, fables is the word muthos, or muthos. That's interesting. I knew somebody with that last name, muthos. Uh, a fiction, a fable, an invention, uh, a falsehood. Okay, they're going to listen to a fiction, a fable, inventions of man, and falsehood. Okay. I can't think of any more apt description of the UFO realm. Okay. Another scripture, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only them, only he, and those he is in capital, who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. Now, this is, a lot of Christians say this is talking about the Antichrist and that the Holy Spirit is restraining him. And when they go, the Holy Spirit will go. But it doesn't mean that. And I'll show you that. Um, taken out of the way. And the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is that according to the work of Satan, with all power, signs, lying wonders, and all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they may be saved. And if for a reason, God will send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie. And that's what my ministry, um, delusion resistance, that's where it comes from. Um, trying to fight that strong delusion. Okay, now the words of Yeshua. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us when all these things will be, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that you, no one deceives you. Hmm, interesting he started out with that. That's, the most, that's like the crux of it, the foundation of everything else he said. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. Now, that could mean two things, okay? <clears throat> It could mean um, men will come, in other words, like um, some of these schmucks that have been running around, what was it, um, and pretending to be Jesus or pretending to be the Messiah. 
but it also could mean <clears throat> Christian pastors that are coming in his name because by coming as a pastor, basically you're an emissary of Christ, right? Or Jesus. Um, and they will even say that I am the Christ, but they will deceive many. Okay, so they come kind of as sheep, uh, wolves in sheep's clothing, uh, but then they deceive people. So he was trying to warn us against false preachers, too, as well as false prophets that run around saying that they're him. Another scripture. And he said, take heed. Might be the same one. No, it's different. And he said, take heed that you not be deceived. For many will come in my name saying, I am he. And the time the time has drawn near, they will say. Uh, Therefore, do not go after them. Hmm. You know how many people run after UFOs wanting to know the truth about what's going to happen in the future, what's going on now, what they can do for them, and everything else. It's crazy. Uh, another scripture in the same discourse. For then there will be great tribulation, such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, not nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the sake, elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Then if anyone says to you, look, he is, here's the Christ, or there, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand, Matthew 24, 21 through 25. And I'm sorry, I haven't been reading the scripture references, but I'm sure you've seen them. Okay. And then Paul uh, makes uh, a warning, or gives a warning to the Galatians. He says, but if we... But even if we, or an angel from heaven, preach any gospel to you other than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. And uh, that's in Galatians 1.8. And in 2 Corinthians 11.4, um, he says, uh, And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Um, and the word light there is um, phos, like phosphorus. It's a heavenly light, such as surrounds angels when they appear on earth. And from what I've read, it's surrounded like Adam and Eve in the first uh, few generations of the uh, the people that were exiled or thrown out of the, the Garden of Eden. Okay, now as a note here, this is where we get our word phosphorescence. Uh, many UFO eyewitnesses claim that the object they observe, or even aliens, had a phosphorescent glow. Uh, Lucifer means light bearer, by the way. And let's see. And this is from Isaiah, I do believe. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Those are called the five I wills of Satan. Um, And then it goes on. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol. Sheol was a place during the Old Testament times, still exists, but missing a chamber. Um, and it had um, torments, and the other side was paradise. If you read about the rich man of Lazarus, it's describing Sheol. Um, uh, to lo- and it basically means to the lowest depths of the pit, those who, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> it still goes on to scripture, for, forgive me, uh, be down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit, those who see you will gaze at you and consider you, saying, is this the man that made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms, who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its cities, who did not open the house of his prisoners? And that's in Isaiah 13, 1 through 17. Now, the crucial question is, why do all these alien graves, reptilians, etc., 
why do they all fear Jesus or Yeshua? That's a question we that was asked in the 2007 uh, Roswell UFO convention in the panel discussion. And let's look at Yeshua, who he actually is. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, shoulders it should be, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Everlasting Father, that's really interesting. Well, he's going to be called the Mighty God. So see, there's, there's an equation between Yeshua and the Almighty, um, Elohim. Or I should say El, El um, Shaddai or El Ocha or, you know, the names of the uh, God Most High. Um, uh, and it goes on. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom... <clears throat> Uh, to order it and to establish it with judgment, excuse me, judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The seal of the Lord of hosts will perform this, Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. Now, it's crucial that we examine the titles given to Messiah um, in Isaiah chapter 9, as they give us a hint to the origins of Yeshua or Jesus and why fallen angels, demons and extraterrestrials fear him. And believe me, extraterrestrials do fear his name. I've done that myself, and it's amazing. Uh, wonderful is the word Pele uh, or Pela, <clears throat> something wonderful, admirable, a, mir- a miracle of God. And Yeshua was a miracle of God and God himself. Counselor, Ya'atz, counselor or to counsel or give counsel. Mighty God, Al Gibor, God of. God, the one true God, Jehovah or Yahweh, plus strong and mighty. So Yahweh strong and mighty. Everlasting Father, Adab. And Ab means father. Okay, it literally means father. And means perpetuity, forever, continuing future, ancient of, of past time, forever, of future time, and continuous existence, plus of God the, as the Father. <clears throat> Prince of Peace. Sar Shalom, ruler of rulers, uh, ruler of rulers, meaning God. Uh, <clears throat> he's God. He, he's like the king of kings. That's that's basically what it's saying. Plus peace uh, from war and or peace with God, especially in covenant relationship. Okay. Let's see how much, how many more scriptures we have here. Okay. Not too far. All right. All right, let's see. Okay, we did that. All right. And there is no other God besides me, a just God and a Savior. There is none beside me. Look at me and be saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is no other. I have sworn by myself. The word has gone out from my mouth in righteousness and shall not return. That every knee shall bow and every tongue take an oath. And that's in Isaiah 45, 21b through 45. And uh, then let's see, we've got a Philippian scripture. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him the name, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus or Yeshua, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and those under the earth. Ooh, that's interesting. That every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ or Yeshua HaMashiach is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Philippians 2, 9 through 11. And Yeshua once said, and this is in John 8, 5, uh, 8, 56 through 58. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. 
than the Jews, religious leaders, that is, not all the Jews, just the Sadducees and the Pharisees, said to him, you are yet 50 years old. You are not yet 50 years old. And have you seen Abraham? Yeshua said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And you remember what um, Yahweh said to the burning bush to Moses, I am that I am. That's in John 8, 56 or 58. Um, let's see. The word ego means I or me, my. Um, the words ami, to be, to exist, to happen to be, to happen, to be present. Therefore, Yeshua was saying, before Abraham was, I existed. Now, many scholars believe that when Yeshua said, I am, and Jewish religious, to the Jewish religious leaders, he was actually speaking in the Hebrew. The Hebrew phrase, um, oh, what is it? Oh, yeah, Iyah, Ashar, Iyah, it's right there. I am that I am has an imperfective aspect, meaning that the time aspect can be varied, as it is in this case. Uh, in essence, the phrase means I am what I was and I am now what I will be in the future. And in the future, I am what I have always been. It's a neat phrase. Um, in this, God is this God in this. Excuse me. It is God's way of revealing his et- eternal nature. Uh, this was further pointed out. With Paul stating the eternal truth about Yeshua HaMashiach or Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. Uh, John the Apostle certifies that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, or with in the beginning with God, depending on what you read. Um, all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. John 1, 1 through 3. Um, Jesus the Messiah notarizes by saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Revelation 22, 13. So the answer is, fallen angels and demons in the guise of extraterrestrials, that is, fear Jesus or Yeshua because they know that he will judge them and that he will sentence them and that he will carry out the sentence. Let's examine below. Um, Ask the question, are there certain written accounts of encounters between Jesus and aliens? Interesting. Considering that aliens are synonymous with demons and fallen angels, then the answer is an absolute yes. Let's look at the reaction of the demons when they encountered Yeshua or Jesus. When they saw Jesus from afar and ran and they ran and worshipped him, and he cried out in a loud voice and said, What do I have to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. Mark five, six through seven. Now in the synagogues there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon. Uh, it's interesting. How could there be a clean demon? Okay. And he cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Luke 43, excuse me, Luke 4, 33-34. Another account. And he healed many that were sick of various, diverse of various diseases, and cast out many devils, and suffered not the devils to speak, because they knew him. Mark 1, 34. We don't get fooled again, or do we? Those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. And that was George Santayana. He was a poet and philosopher. When he said it, I do not know, but he said it. It's a, it's a fact. Okay, and then there's a scripture that is kind of the scriptural version of that, and I think it's more authoritative. That which has been is what will be. 
that which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything which it may be said, see, this is new? It has already been done in ancient times before us. There is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of things that are to come by those who will come after. In other words, we're kind of destined to repeat mistakes over and over and over again. And we suffer the consequences. Now we got a group called Ashtar. Um, and we start here. Ashtar proves that there is nothing new under the sun. The Ashtar commands are humans from other worlds. This is their, <laughs> this is their uh, biography, so to speak. Uh, the Ashtar command are humans from other worlds of God's creation, extraterrestrial beings of light that exist on a higher dimension of spiritual life. In other words, they call them beings of light. Hmm, who else was a being of light? Oh, that's right. It was Lucifer or Satan. They're, they are the original Adam Kadam blueprint. Have you ever seen that? The picture that the man with his arms out and his, he's naked and the body goes down and his legs go out. That's the Adam, uh, the Adam Kadam blueprint, i.e. perfected humans that vibrate to the Christ vibration and are part of the collective Christ. I got to tell you a story when we get done here. Lord Sonata, the Ashtar Command, Galactic Command, Inter- Intergalactic Command, the Ascended Masters of Light and the Angels of Light and the Councils of Light. Serving Mother and Father, Creator, Source, and of the and a Divine Plan. And that's Reverend August Starr uh, about the Ashtar Command. Um, there's a link, http colon forward forward www.star.essenia.org. It's E-S-S-E-E-N-I-A.org. That link is kind of old. It might not be there, but you can try. Um, let's see. Okay, and there's a scripture, and they forsook the Lord and served the Baal and the Ashtaroth, and that's in Judges 2.13. The Ashtaroth, which the first five letters are Ashtar, and usually when it has off behind it, it's a plural, um, was a false god that the, um, the Israelis or the Israelites served back in the old days, Judges, and uh, God didn't like that too much, and part of that their sentence for that um, years and years later, hundreds of years later, was uh, a uh, exile to Babylon. Ashtar has been around for a long time. Ashtar is a Moabite name. Ashtart is a, is a Canaanite name. And Ishtar is a Babylonian name. You ever heard of Easter? That's where Ishtar comes from. And you should study that and understand what Easter is all about. And yes, it is celebrated the to mark the um, death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, but it always didn't do that. Before Jesus died, or Yeshua died, it, it, um, and before the church had designated that day, it was a day to commemorate Ashtar. Um, so basically, though it's not in your heart to do so, if you celebrate Easter, you're celebrating Ashtar. <laughs> um, that's why a lot of Christians call it Resurrection Day, but if you look at the date that it happened, it, Resurrection Day is more akin to Passover than it is to um, Western tradition because it's um, it happened around Passover, so it changes dates all the time. It's not always sometime. Well, it is sometime in March, April, or May, but it usually doesn't correspond with the the traditional Easter Day 
Um, although sometimes it has fallen on the same day. Anyway, I, I digress. Um, Ashtar is an interdimensional being from another galaxy. This is one of their quotes. He is here on our behalf to help us in our ascension and spiritual evolution. He is working in conjunction with Sonata Jesus and Archangel Michael. He is our shepherd. They spelled that wrong. <laughs> and looking over his flock with much love and tenderness. And that's an actually, if you're looking at it, well, actually some of you listen. So the source is HTTP colon forward forward Ashtar, A-S-H-T-A-R dot galactic and the number two dot net forward slash index b2 dot html and there's some pictures here what um, ashtar is supposed to look like okay all different kinds of pictures okay the relian movement they're another movement look at this is not in the front um and they say they're human scientists from another planet created all life on earth using dna uh Traces of this epic masterpiece of creation can be found in all religions, writings, and traditions. It is to them that Moses, Jesus, Buddha, Muhammad are referred um, to. It is now time to welcome them. No, thank you. Okay, a little bit about um, the Raelians. On the 13th of December, 1973, French journalist Raël um, that was not his real name, um, was contacted by visitors from another planet and asked to establish an embassy to welcome these people back to Earth. He told Rael, we were the ones who designed all life on Earth. You mistook us for gods. We were at the origin of your main religions. We are the, we're the origin of main religions. Excuse me. Now that you are mature enough to understand this, we would like to enter official contact through an embassy. And there he is, Claude, Maurice, Marcel, Vorleon, a.k.a. Rael. Uh, a.k.a. Rael, Rael needs to get on some medication desperately. Um, he needs to be saved, actually, but I don't know if that's possible, but only the Lord knows. So you can pray for him if you want to. Uh, the aliens come to us with a consistent message. Okay, we're going to go over this again. Um and this is one of the things that Rael is involved in. They preach a new age gospel. Mankind can attain godhood, according to them. They encourage the doing away with biblical truths. There is no sin. In other words, there's no sin or need for atonement. Jesus did not die on the cross for the atonement of sin. Jesus' resurrection was an alien intervention. Uh, Jesus was just another ascended master, half human and half alien. They teach reincarnation and karma. They teach moral relativism. Everyone has their own truth. They teach pantheism. The nature is God and God is nature. Ecumenism. And they teach one world government. Folks, I'll be right back. Uh, I introduce to you Miss Ellie. She's our 16-year-old Yorkie, and she needed some attention. So I apologize for the dead air. If you're listening, I'll try to cut that out. Um, if you're watching, I really apologize, but... She needed some attention, and here she is. You want to go, Ellie? Okay. Okay. Thanks, folks, for understanding. Let's see. Where were we? All right. They teach reincarnation and karma, which are unbiblical. Uh, they teach moral relativism. Everyone has their own truth. They teach pantheism. Nature is God, and God is nature. Um, ecumenism. They teach a one-world government. They teach one world religion. 
Extraterrestrials embrace the doctrine that everywhere religion except for two have the foundations in the Bible. Two, two that have the foundations in the Bible, Judaism and Christianity. Okay, they, they're vehemently opposed against both. They try to upstage the creator. Our research has shown that UFO flaps, my research, have, have for, purposely been orchestrated to occur in or around every contemporary prophetic event or Christian revival. And I have a, this, I have a list here, if you're listening. There's a, a table, basically. And it's got different years from, 18, from the year 840. Uh, of course, it skips years all the way to 2007. Online, I have a, um, an updated list. And there are certain years here that are in red. And those years are going to uh, correspond to what I'm going to read below. Um, it's called UFOs by the year this list is. And this list came from MUFON Journal, number 466, February 2007, page 24. Okay, more than coincidence, UFO sightings tend to occur during prophetic events and or surges in godly spiritual movements. Okay, let's look. So these are the years that were they're highlighted in red. And um, like I said, online, there's a, an article that um, has has the years um, updated to more closer to what we are now. This only goes to 2007. OK, 1897, Theodore um, Herzl, uh, Benjamin Zev was his name, convenes the first Zionist uni- Union Convention in Switzerland. And that was very important because that was really the first move for Zionism in our modern times. Well, close to our modern times anyway. And um, it was the call for a homeland for the Jews. And politically and um, actually more spiritually or biblically or prophetically um, important here. All three, all four. 1908, a revival sweeps around the world. Heights of the Azusa Street revival are swept throughout the world and introduced uh, the introduction of Pentecostalism. Um, Pentecostalism is a... Um, basically a, a sect that believes in um, using the, the, the spirit, uh, spiritual gifts of God as um, shown in the New Testament. And there's, there's, there are valid points in that. There really are. Except that when men get a hold of things, sometimes they take it to a limit that I don't think God ex- expected them to go. Um, and that turned into, um, in the 1960s and 70s, turned into... Uh, um, I call it uh, charismania or charisma. uh, Charisma. I can't remember. Uh, Anyway, that word um, where they basically took up Pentecostalism again and added a few things to it, but um, but not with the you know the you know in the churches and stuff. Um, Anyway, myself, I consider myself a um, Baptistocostal, a Baptist and Pentecostal put together. So. I know that sounds kind of weird, and I can explain that someday. Um, not now. 1916, the year 1916, uh, Chaim Wiseman, a Jewish chemist, develops a way to synthesize acetone, allowing the British to reduce smokeless gunpowder. That was the first time ever. Now, the stage was set for the Balflower Declaration. Um, genocide by the Ottomans also happened, um, uh, by the Ottoman Turks. Um, let's see, they killed uh, 1.5 million Armenians, Armenian Christians, uh, Christian Assyrians, 750,000. Christian Greeks, 1.4 million. Also, many revivals happened in or around America during this time. <clears throat> 1920, 
And if you didn't, if you don't believe these um, these genocides, look it up. Um, I had a friend <clears throat> actually. Let's see. Um, my I had a relative actually um, married one of my dad's cousins, whose family came from Armenia and they escaped <clears throat> this persecution at that time. Um, and then I've back in the 90s and early 2000s, I was friends. I still am friends with them. Some Armenians who escaped from Armenia <clears throat> in recent times, uh, coming after the um, the Russians uh, gave up Armenia and the and the Soviet Union fell. Um, beautiful people, beautiful people. Um, and the Turks decided that they didn't like. Well, they're they're Muslims, and they do what Muslims do. They kill people. Um, and if you know, you hear about nice Muslims, and there are some nice ones. Don't don't get me wrong. But when the atmosphere changes and the climate turns, the the nice people often turn to um, ridiculously evil people. Um, not all, but a lot of them. Um, 1920, many revivals in Baptist, Methodist, and Presbyterian churches. Moral decadence in America, the beginning of the Roaring Twenties. And boy, was that a time of decadence. Um, so, we're, you know, there are revivals. And we're, there's a scripture that says where grace abounds, where, where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Um, and that's what these revivals are an answer to, because of the beginning of the 1920s, uh, the Roaring Twenties, you know, society kind of turned evil. And people didn't see that, and God led a uh, revival in many of the, what we now see to be mainline churches, except for the Baptists, they're kind of still cool. But the Methodists and the Presbyterians are, in many ways, uh, dead churches now. And you'll know them by their fruits. 1930s, the revival started all over the world, probably in response to the Great Depression. <clears throat> when times get bad, people turn to God. When times get good, they fall away from them. Uh, most people, anyway. 1942, Jewish people taken from internment camps to the death camps at the start of the Holocaust. <clears throat> Allied Naxos pilots and air crews start talking about something called Foo Fighters, which were UFOs. And uh, it's funny, each side thought that the other ones, that was their secret weapon. And after the war, they all got together and talked, and it is, they all agreed that they saw the same thing. And um, they were from neither side. They were from... Uh, um, an extra, well, no, not an extra, fallen angelic side. 1944, late in the year, a secession of uh, sending Jewish people to the death camps and the gassing of the Jewish people ends as well. So 1942 was the start of it, and there was a UFO flap. In 1944, there was another. Um, so there was uh, other scads of um, scriptures in the uh, Old Testament that talk about um, how the Jews will be cast, uh, cast away for a season and uh, persecuted. So that was basically a prophetic, uh, a horrible prophetic uh, fulfillment. 1945, the world learns about the Holocaust, turning the world's sentiments toward the Jewish people and turning the tide towards a homeland for the first time in 2000 years for the nation of Israel. Uh, Another flap, by the way, that's a prophetic thing. Another flap. 1947, the UN, here's another prophetic thing. The UN, the United Nations votes for the implement of a resolution 181. Um, the discovery of the Dead Sea Scrolls happened in that year, too. And life's been really neat since those were discovered because they're confirming that the Bible that we have today is basically what was read back in Jesus's time, Yeshua's time. Um, 1952, culmination of the biggest Aliyah homecoming of Jewish people to Israel. And incidentally, at the same time, the Alpha Tar 
Al-Fatah terror organization, which would later become the PLO, starts a war of terror against Israel. Uh, we're promised that until Messiah comes, the Jews will never live in peace. And uh, any peace that they do live in before that time is orchestrated by the enemy, not by, by God. Um, <clears throat> all right, 1965, the Jesus Movement revival starts. Vatican II ends with emphasis on a one-world church, <clears throat> ecumenism. Uh, Johnson's Great Society, Socialism, uh, which was government, replaces God. Um, that'll happen, and there was also a UFO flap. 1967 was a six-day war. Jerusalem is in Jewish hands for the first time in 2,000 years. That was a prophetic event. 1973, Yom Kippur War. Israel attacked, but, but Israel attacked, but routes enemies. Supreme Court makes abortion illegal, so they made murder illegal, um, which is something that was prophetic. I think we read some scriptures about people will not endure sound doctrine or have sound minds for that matter, and that was proof of that. It was fulfillment of scripture. 1975, the United Nations General Assembly Resolution 3379 adopted labeling Zionism as racism, ultimately being ultimately labeling God as a racist because God is a Zionist. Um, resolution reversed in 1991. <clears throat> 1987 through 1993, the first Indivada, a grassroots war waged on Israel by the Palestinians occurs. Notably, when unrest ends in 1993, UFO reports become less. Interesting. I guess they had to be here stirring up trouble, right? Um, okay, let's see. 2001 through 2004. In 2001, it was the second Indivada. 2001, the World Trade Center and Pentagon were attacked. Um, that I can't, I don't know. I don't know why that's in there. It, it really wasn't a prophetic event, nor was it anything to do with, well, I guess it could show that God's judgment started on the United States. And because the United States was basically paying lip service to, to um, protecting Israel, Okay, 2002, the Quartet, the European Union, U.S., U.N., and Russia submit Roadmap to Peace, Israel's, and it uh, jeopardized Israel's sovereignty. Uh, 2003, the U.S. and Great Britain attack Iraq and divides, it divides world opinion. Okay, don't forget, Iraq is Babylon. 2004, Yasser Arafat, catalyst for unrest, dies in Paris. Vacuum of his absence leads to infighting in Palestinian areas, causing violence against Israel to taper off. Now, UFO reports sink down to the double digits of the first time since 2000. Okay, so again, we, we have the evidence for the prosecution. Um, basically, you're here, but also you're here. You're the judge, because once you have the information, you judge whether these entities known as aliens or extraterrestrials are really aliens or if they're fallen angels and demons. I lean more towards the fallen angel thing because demons really can't have a body. That's why they have to possess bodies. But aliens sure have bodies, right? Um, so you become the judge. After you hear the evidence, you become the judge. And your job is to judge whether, again, whether they're, they're really extraterrestrials, which is basically impossible now after what we talked about and the evidence that we've heard, and um, or whether they're fallen angelic, which makes more sense. Even Jacques Vallée thinks it, and now Jalen Hynek. And that's good enough for me. 
Uh, what about disclosure? A majority of those who believe in UFOs are waiting for the government to release to the general public some sort of disclosure about UFOs and their occupants. Now, 2021, that was supposed to happen this year, and nothing really happened. Just a few things were released, and <clears throat> it was a, a big uh, lip service fest. Many feel that this disclosure will happen sometime in the near future. This disclosure will supposedly reveal the truth about the mystery. How would you feel if there were actually two, re- uh, really two disclosures? What will the forthcoming disclosure reveal? The new disclosure will reveal the same material that we've already covered and that will, and that we have shown to be information that comes from unreliable sources. This new disclosure will come from yet another, yet from yet other unreliable sources, the governments of the world. If you start believing the governments of the world, you're in big trouble. Uh, there is much, a much better disclosure that we've had for many years. The first disclosure revealed to us a mystery, one that was as old as creation itself. And he said to them, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, all things come in parables. That's in Mark 4.11. Now to him who is able to establish to you, establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began, but now made manifest, and by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations according to the commandment of the everlasting God for obedience and faith to God alone wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. And that's in Romans 16, 25 to 27. Okay. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God has manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among Gentiles, believed on in the world and received out the glory. And that's in 1 Timothy 3.16. Here's the extraterrestrial message that the world has been waiting for. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. John 3.16-18. Interesting, too, is if you read... um, Paul talks about this. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. Behold, all things, old things are gone and all things are new. Um, basically, he's saying that we're not what we were physically. We're not definitely spiritually, but we're not what we were physically either um, before we came to be saved. I believe it's a DNA change. Um, I believe that when, when the, um, the enemy says that, you know, there's going to be a, a spiritual shift, that there's going to be a vibratory change. They're trying to mimic what God has done through his believers or to his believers and through his believers, that there is actually a change in, in us when we come to faith in Yeshua. So in a way, we're kind of aliens to this world. And that's, that's said several times in scripture that we're ambassadors. We're not, we're not, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Okay. So there, there's a, you know, God had his own little, um, Oh, you want to say DNA um, revisement or um, upgrade for us? And uh, very thankful. This is a, a symbol that many of us. Um, I've got tons of these t- uh, stickers. Um, you can put on your car and stuff, but um, and it's a simple message: no aliens. I've had people. <laughs> I've had the people 
called me a racist because I, uh, it's like this is a code that we're using for no illegal aliens, you know, like from the south of the border. Well, when they start looking like this, it's time that everybody becomes no illegal aliens from south of the border. No, it's no extraterrestrials or no fallen angels. This is the delusion resistance uh, shield. We're basically the the header image. Um, and the scripture on the bottom says, Blessed be the Lord, my strength, which teaches my hand of war and my fingers to fight. And that's in Psalm 144.1. That's um, my pride and joy, that little thing there. This is a defunct ministry that we had, once had. Um, and we ended the, the conference with Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaAlam. Blessed art thou, Lord our God, King of the Universe. So, Anyway, that concludes the, um, wow, an hour and 41 minutes. That concludes the, um, the screen show. I'm going to get rid of that. Okay, there we go. I got my ugly mug again. Um, that was very interesting when we did that. And uh, I, I felt really satisfied when we left Roswell that day. Um, it actually, it was the day after, I think. And uh, it was always fun going down there, you know, because you had a, well, from Sacramento, it was like an hour and 20-minute plane ride. Um, I preferred landing in Albuquerque. And whenever I landed in Albuquerque and rented a, like a garbage car, uh, they would upgrade me. <laughs> One time they upgraded me to a Ford Expedition. I was like, yeah, I'll take that. And that's when I had to go out to the desert with David Flynn. And that worked out good because their car couldn't make it as far as they needed to go. And we just piled everything into the Ford Expedition and went. So that worked out really well. Another time they wanted to uh, they wanted to give me a Cadillac, but then they didn't have one. And I was like, oh, what a bummer! I would have loved to have driven up, driven up in a Cadillac. I've never driven one before, um, but it was really neat. Um, it was always a fun to go down there. It was always hot down there, of course, in Roswell in July, the July weekend, fourth weekend. It's uh, it's usually pretty hot, um, but it was a nice drive. The first time we went down there, uh, we drove Bill Schnobelin with us back to the airport. And um, that was fun because you got to talk to him for almost two hours on the ride back. I think it was almost three hours, actually. And uh, there's other times I flew into El Paso. That's a fun ride because you get to go past uh, Carlsbad Caverns. And I've been there two or three times that, you know, ever since I read uh, Michael Mott's book, um, Caverns, Cultures, and Concealed Creatures, every time I go down in those caverns, I start looking for sets of eyes looking at me. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, not when I'm down there, it's not funny, but now it is. I think about it. Um, anyway, it's you know, it's it's always been an enjoyable time when I went down there. Uh, stressful at times because there was tension between some of the ministries, and uh, but you know, you just blew that off and, and did what you had to do. And there was infighting between two of my well, my friend that I made down there, Jim Wilhelmson, and another party. Um, you know, jealousies were rampant down there and uh jim was the target of a lot of uh, malicious um rumors and controversy uh, that was cast against him that was untrue and uh so anyway that's weird it says showing chat oh show chat okay <laughs> It's an ad. Somebody got into the chat and sent me an ad. My goodness. Well, maybe they're watching. Who knows? But um, anyway, 
I always had a good time when I went down there. I really did. And uh, I never regretted going down. Oh, oh, that's not the button to hit. Okay. Um, anyway, that kind of concludes what I wanted to talk about tonight. There's some, been some really weird things that have been happening out in the world. Uh, you got Kamala Harris um, basically telling us that she's going to pull the 25th Amendment on Joe Biden. I love when liberals fight, but in this case, it's kind of scary because if you thought Biden was bad, Harris is like, it's like jumping from the frying pan and out of the fire. Um, I don't know if she's going to actually get to take the presidency. Maybe this will be when Trump comes and takes over. I hope so. She'd make a lousy president. Um, you think Biden was bad. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, the thing in Afghanistan is the travesty. Today, uh, Joe Biden showed up at the Air- Dover Air Force Base. Um, flight line to be there when the bodies from the the soldiers that were killed over there because of him um, were brought back to Dover, Delaware, where they'll be dispersed to different places and buried. Probably they should deserve to be buried in Arlington. Uh, those are heroes. When you got a um, when you got to accomplish the orders of a schmuck in um, in the White House. Uh, that you don't believe in, but you do it anyway. Um, not good. Sorry, folks. There's something around here, uh, allergy-wise, that, man, it's wreaking havoc on me and my wife. Um, my eyes are burning, too. Anyway, my ears aren't burning, though, so nobody's talking about me that I know of. <laughs> but just a lot of weird stuff going on and um, when it comes to politics and the, uh, the results for the Arizona uh, recount should be uh should be coming in um however i haven't heard anything so i don't i don't know i don't know what's holding that up but um there have been soldiers coming out now and saying that they're dissatisfied with having to take the the vaccine and a lot of people a lot of soldiers are refusing it but uh, the secretary of defense is saying that uh you know those that don't take it are basically going to be court-martialed well you're going to have to court-martial you know 30% 30% of the uh, Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines, and Coast Guard, you know, um, if that's what they want to do. It'll be the biggest scandal that ever rocked the United States. Um, all throughout history, especially in Rome, because we're so much like Rome. Um, many of our laws are basically Roman laws, uh, except a lot of uh, Hebrew laws, too. But uh, our form of government kind of mimics the Roman government. And in Rome, a lot of times when a soldier's uh, the, the emperors, if they were good emperors, always paid the soldiers. They didn't pay the soldiers, though they wronged the soldiers. Pretty soon, the soldiers would march into Rome, kick them out, kill them, and uh, instate a new new uh, Caesar. And uh, you never want to tick off the military, folks, um, especially when they're a good military. You know, and that's what we have some. Oh, there was a video of uh, National Guard woman stating that if she's outside, she tells you to get in the house. If you don't, she will shoot you um, because that's what the law says. Now, obviously, she's not read the law, okay? Um, I don't know. I think she's a lesbian myself. She, she's got the, all the traits of it. and um, So she went into the military with a, with a, with a plan, and um, she's starting to implement it. And uh, that's sad. I hope she's somewhere not around here. I wrote a reply to her, and I said, yeah, you level a gun at me, I'm leveling one at you. So uh, I don't care who you are. (laughs) And I obey the law. 
And if you kill me, you're disobeying the law. So it's funny how people get when they get a little bit of power, just a little bit of power, you know, put a gun in some person's hand and they're evil. Man, I'm telling you, um, it's not good. So, so a lot of stuff going on. So when Ralph's on on Monday, we're going to talk about a lot of things that are going on. Um, we're going to talk about the possibility of JFK Jr. coming on. Ralph's really been following that a lot. Coming, not coming on, but coming, um, coming back to uh, public life um, after he's been hiding out all these years and faked his death. Um, he's going to talk about a bunch of stuff. And when we talk, it's going to be talking about JFK Jr. and RFK Jr. And then we're going to kind of work into john f kennedy senior and the assassination ralph's got a lot of neat things about the assassination um he's proven that oswald did not kill kennedy um different things he didn't know like they found a excuse me they found a mauser up on the sixth floor there's pictures of um of uh, oswald standing down on the on the first floor on the steps when the, when the motorcade went by um it's kind of hard to be in two places at the same time um just a lot of, you know, from the ballistics that they gathered, you know, there was a shooter on that trestle, um, the overpass, you know, Kennedy was going to go under, probably did go under, but he was, you know, severely incapacitated by that time. But, um, so just, there's, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't wash that the Warren commission came out with and, uh, and Ralph's right on top of it. So we're ultimately, we're going to bring things into that. Okay. And, uh, everybody that listens or watches is going to get a real education about that whole thing. So again, uh, tonight, you know, I had a little dog issue here that I had to take care of. So there's, I'm away from the American flag for probably two minutes at the most. So if, if you watched and there was dead air, that's what happened. Um, if you listened, I'm going to get rid of that dead air and you're going to say, what dead air? I don't hear any, but, um, it, it was there at one time. Trust me. <laughs> but, um, that's a bad part about when Brian's not on, you know, Brian could kind of take over, but he's not scheduled to be on tonight anyway. But, um, anyway, so tomorrow night he will be here. Um, he got a new computer and we're going to be checking it out before he gets on the air that everything works good. And, um, so that'll be neat. And, uh, we got to get on early because Ralph isn't very uh, technologically uh, charged when it comes to the computer. So, um, getting him on the air is going to be a real chore, but it's going to be a well worth chore. And, uh, anyway, uh, keep us in prayer. Um, my wife and I, who's, uh, we may have the opportunity to, um, it's weird. There's something right there oh i know what that is here okay uh, we might be making a move um not immediately but when it happens it's all going to happen at once which is the story of my life nothing ever goes smooth you know so i'm kind of used to this but i'm getting tired of it i don't like living like that so anyway um it's all going to come together and uh, and i'll let you know more about it probably after it happens um because i don't want to say anything about it i don't want to ruin it uh, and i don't want to get too expe- um expectatory is that a word i don't want to expect too much because if it doesn't happen i don't want to have to eat crow so to speak okay um anyway so that having been said it's we're about eight minutes before two hours so 
Um, I'm going to go ahead and close this out, and I'm going to download it, and then I'm going to upload it, and uh, and we'll go from there. Uh, so, folks, uh, thanks for being here tonight. If you were here, or if you're going to download it later and listen to it, or watch it online, whatever. Um, we always love our audience. We appreciate you guys very, very much, and um, we will uh, we'll be together again tomorrow night. All of us, if you if you so decide to choose that uh, that time to be with us. And uh, again, Ralph is uh, he's an old guy, but he's he's got he's with it, man. He's got the facts all up here, and uh, and you know it'll, it'll be a good time. So so be blessed in the next 24 hours or 22 hours or 20, whatever it is. And um, just know that Yeshua is there for you. And uh, all you got to do is ask him. Um, and it's, a, it's a, the best retirement plan I've ever seen. And uh, there are many blessings that happen before you retire too. So it's a, it's a neat ride. It really is. Um, and I like it. So, and I, I'm hard to please. So <laughs> um, anyway, that having been said, be blessed tonight and uh, just enjoy tonight and uh, and tomorrow during the day. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow night. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May you make space um, shine upon you. May he be with you and you're going out and coming in. May he guide you in all good things in Yeshua's holy name. Amen and amen. Good night, folks. <laughs>